Live from parts unknown, you're listening to Simon Miller's Pro Wrestling Podcast. The only wrestling podcast on the planet, we think. Sit back, relax, prepare for positivity to run through your veins as Simon Miller gives you your weekly dose of powerful pro wrestling audio. It is Miller Time. Hello and welcome to Simon Miller's Pro Wrestling Show live on a Monday. You never saw this coming, but hey, a lot of wrestling happened last week and we've got to keep up to date with it all. I just want to thank you for tuning in or downloading me. If you're brand new, welcome. If you are an old school listener, welcome. I like having you all here. And of course, make sure you go and follow me on Instagram and Twitter at SimonMiller316. What else can you do? You can buy my wrestling merchandise, SimonMiller.BigCartel.com. On that note, thank you to everybody that came out to the um, Pro Wrestling East show on Saturday. It was their debut show. Really cool event, I thought, from top to bottom, like the production they have. Again, for a, for a brand new promotion was awesome. And hopefully I'll be back down back down there soon. But there was a lot of nice people there with nice things to say. And I appreciate uh, all of you. And of course, all of my personal stuff, which you are listening to right now, is supported by patreon.com forward slash simonmeller316. Thank you again to anyone that joined this week. A few people came on board, sent me nice messages on there as well. I would appreciate it if you could come on board again. Got to be able to finance my personal stuff stuff and that's how I do it there are certain tiers where you can get certain rewards but even if you just got one dollar you think I'm happy to give Simon one dollar I will take that one dollar and I will use it to free up my time and my day so I can do podcasts and videos and who knows what else and on that note one of the tiers you can join that means you can come on the podcast and just talk to me about wrestling which is especially prevalent today because we are but a what say 48 hours removed just under from the AEW revolution pay-per-view which is why my man Rob has come back to talk about just that and who knows what else Rob how are we doing today I am doing substantially better than I was before Revolution came on. Well, it was a fascinating week for professional wrestling. I would just (laughs) say that. Like, on Thursday... Some of us were at rock bottom. I mean, it depends how you watch those super showdown shows. I mean, I kind of get a weird kick out of them because I enjoy a good old-fashioned internet wrestling meltdown. There's something to be taken away from that. Oh, Twitter was much more entertaining than the actual show. Oh, it's fantastic. Uh, With the exception of maybe the fireworks, when Mansoor came out and they were like, okay, here's $5 million of fireworks (laughs) for someone who wrestles two times a year. But I mean, some of the ones like the Seth Rollins and Buddy Murphy stuff was excellent. I mean, Goldberg's was fantastic. Brock Lesnar was like he was setting fire to the place. Oh, I tell you, man. It was both entertaining in the normal way that a great show of fireworks is entertaining and also just the irony of wow, it being yeah. this show with this <laughs> yeah. garbage on it, and they've got this, like, well, we're clearly just, like, laundering an entire drug cartel's money through our fireworks this time. It was, it was, I, I don't know. The thing is, is that I enjoy those shows for all the wrong reasons. Like, I don't like the fact they're happening to begin with. We don't no, have to get into no, that. We it, talked about it before. That's been, but, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but like, like Shane McMahon winning Best in the World, Undertaker oh, winning a trophy, but not giving two hoots. Just the constant jobbing of people by Brock Lesnar at these things. You know, Goldberg winning. All of it is just... Again, I know it's not good long term for the the product of WWE, and I completely understand people's reservations and upsetness. But hey, man, I'm having a great time. I'm sat there laughing my ass off. Do you know what I, mean? like, I can't, I can't help it. It's almost like negative wrestling. I don't know. Oh it's yeah, a, it gets to the thing. point where there is a fascination with just how far they'll go. Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's 
it's it's just like movies, right? Like there's a certain level of bad where you're just sad walking out the theater. You don't you wish you didn't <laughs> buy it, you wish you didn't see the movie, your time's wasted. But if you make it substantially worse than that, you end up in territory like The Room or Birdemic or something like that or a Neil Breen movie where all of a sudden it's a fucking masterpiece. Yeah, it's true. It's easy. Uh, I d- and Nobody that's else kind could of, get away with it. That's kind of how I feel about these shows. I agree. They shouldn't exist. But if we have to live with them, at least it's like this bizarre phantasmagoria. But it, it was also kind of like watching the problems uh, with WWE get up and do a dance. Uh, or like <laughs> watching a microcosm of like the Western world's economy where the, where the old eat the young. Uh so like you know that that is like kind of the state of WWE in some ways, and uh, tell you what, that's something that makes AEW awfully refreshing. Well, that's the that's the transition that that we will use. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I I will say I will say at this stage, anybody that decided to troll me all day yesterday after my ups and downs video for Revolution, you can go and kiss my ass. <laughs> 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 I'm joking. I'm joking. But no, like people seem to have. Cause I, let, let's, we will go through the card step by step. We'll sort of have a an overall. You know, touch yeah, overall I've got some. First. I've got some stuff to say about the show. I've got some stuff to say about the way that AEW has been doing its business now that it's been out for long enough that we can i think we've now just started to see the shape of like what an arc of wrestling is like what an era of wrestling is for for right like obviously we're still in the very early stages but i think that we've started to see the way that they do builds uh enough times that it's not an outlier right like we can tell what their tendencies are and i think that as well we are now learning, which I think would be the same case with any promotion. I kind of saw some people spinning this as a negative. I'm like, I think it's just life and how human beings work. They do peak and they do get far better when they have a focused point, which yeah. is why I think they're doing this blood and gut show and the 25th of March, whenever it is on a Wednesday, because now they can kind of treat it's a free dynamite show, of course. Yeah. But now you can kind of treat that as a, a pay-per-view build, a pay-per-view focus. Which yeah. means I think can, the next few we weeks of TV will be good. how <laughs> the... They only do such a small number of pay-per-views, or at least, I guess, more like a reasonable number of pay-per-views. WWE has really warped, like, what a pay-per-view is, but yeah, they do few enough of them that they can just do Bash at the Beach here and there, or Blood and Guts or something. They can have a themed weekly episode that things build to, and I feel so refreshed seeing that. And also, the, the cool thing about that, too, is you get... You know, your television does just become more important. We're living in a strange time when it comes to wrestling because obviously WWE actually values Raw and SmackDown more than they do pay-per-views because of yes. the situation with the network. But that's by happenstance as opposed to focus. Whereas when you look at All Elite Wrestling, they have to treat their television here and there as more important than a pay-per-view because as we've just said, they only have four a year, which I think is, is far better in this day and age in terms of content and giving people too much. But that's mm-hmm. what makes the product more exciting. Like, it just does. It's more exciting because I don't know. More exciting is not fair because I have been enjoying Raw and SmackDown at certain points in 2020. But I think it gives it a better structure because now we're at the other side of Revolution. And it's like, okay, well, we're not going to do other pay-per-view to the summer. All right, cool. Well, we can do a War Games match in a month. And then maybe we can come up with something like Bash of the Beach, you know, you know, after that. And the simple fact is more people are always going to watch a 
AEW on TNT than they are by asking somebody to pay some money. That's just how the world works. Sure. Like, more people will listen to this podcast than if I say, oh, you got to give me five bucks because asking people to split with money is hard. And that's, you know, now we, like you said, now we can kind of see the foundations they're going to use to grow their promotion. And hey, look, you can't fault WWE. You don't stay around this long and get to the top of the yard or top of the ladder without doing something, right? But I would probably say that in 2020, I actually kind of, maybe I don't prefer it, but I find it refreshing. And that's something else for me to kind of sink my teeth into. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm not running a business here, Simon. I'll just say I like it better. <laughs> I definitely prefer <laughs> AEW at least uh, over, you know, uh, this first little beat of its storytelling. Uh, you know, you've got your Saudi shows where part-timers in their 50s or older, you know, beat everybody. I guess Brock's probably 40, but, uh, you know, these you get these part-timers beating all the up-and-coming talent in two seconds. Uh, but let's talk about making stars, right? Because that's something that is like the perennial uh problem that people have with wwe is like they can't make new stars why aren't there new stars and like sometimes you hear something over and over again because it's true uh that is a problem uh when you know when creative or vince or whoever it is gets bored with someone after three weeks and stops pushing them because they didn't get over by losing a bunch of matches uh you know of, of course there aren't new stars obviously and i it's just so nice to see that, like, correct me if I'm wrong, Simon, but it feels to me like just about nobody on the AEW roster has lost star power over the course of October to February. I will say, you are correct, but I will say that they could have done a better job with Sean Spears. That was in my pocket, Simon. That was, I was going to say, with the possible exception of Sean Spears. Um, but, it's the, but it's not a problem, though, because he's got his wrestling school, and more, more importantly, that he's happy. You know what I mean? Like, you, know, you, you kind of see all his tweets and what he's doing. And he's about to form this new tag team with mm -hmm. seemingly some random wrestler from the yeah, internet. Who, who knows? I mean, that's, that's, uh, it's, an interesting, it's an interesting story uh, with Tully being so picky, uh, and, and like clearly he has the master plan and all that. He was almost side-graded more than downgraded because, I mean... You, he didn't beat Cody, right? So where do you go from there? And they kind of transitioned him into a comedy heel, if you've been watching all yeah. of his matches on Dark. Yeah, I think uh, that's fair. And and so it's it's a it was it's a bit of a weird one. But that like compare that to say Cedric Alexander or well, exactly, Umberto yes, Carrillo yes. or like any number of people on WWE. It's definitely not the same. And, and meanwhile, you've got Darby Allen mjf hangman page and frankly orange cassidy who are just getting more and more nuclear white hot all the time oh yeah dude i'm not denying you're 100 right i was just playing devil's advocate no it, it's the, a good it's a good shout like sean spears is kind of the i think he's the only one where i was like i expected him to be a bigger deal than he ended yeah. up being like I, I, I just had that feeling that he would be bigger than he was I mean, basically, he still could be. You know, you know, Sean Spears is not the. It's just not the focus right now. Yeah, which is the. You know, which is a great problem. And well, let's say it's a good thing, but it's a great. It's a good problem for AEW to have. They have all these stars they want to get on their shows. Sure. And at the moment, they uh, they're trying to figure out a way to do that, which is why they've got the second show. I'm, but yeah, I'm I, very I excited for that. Yeah. 
But I, I think, you know, the, the Revolution pay-per-view underlined all of this, to, to say the least. Like, the, you know, you had Sammy Guevara versus Darby Allen, who had a match, and they didn't overthink it. Like, maybe, I'm not saying that they couldn't have had a longer match, but maybe everybody involved said, look, you're going to get more out of this by leaving everybody wanting more especially if we've got some new viewers watching here so let's just do that they straight up try to kill themselves well and i and love then... not having to watch a wrestling pay-per-view for six seven hours <laughs> <laughs> but yeah that's the other thing people forget like i love japanese professional wrestling but i still think their events and their cards are too long i just do that's my you know that's my takeaway when i watch some of these shows and i could have even taken half an hour 40 less off revolution if i'm honest i do like shorter shows i love this idea of man i didn't get enough and i and i wanted more and i do think wrestling mm -hmm. as a whole has gone in an opposite direction however something that aew definitely did at revolution was balance out the pacing of their matches you know again that lasted all of what well, i don't even know but it wasn't very long and then you had sort of your semi-made events which were a little bit longer but pack orange cassidy wasn't a marathon by any stretch of the imagination but i need my so good <laughs> of course it was and i need my pay-per-views to be like roller coasters yeah. you know i need to be this is the fast bit this is the slow bit because otherwise if you just give me again or it's I, like I, a good album you know uh yeah, not that thing. not that many artists do that anymore but like when people would listen to whole albums you'd have to have you know your track that heats stuff up at the beginning and then you'd build and then you have like the lower, the quieter bit that like lets you kind of reset and then you bring out something surprising, et cetera, et cetera. And usually do something epic at the end. Absolutely. Uh, it's, a, it's a very similar, uh, it's a very similar structure. And I feel like they've been doing a damn good job uh, with that. Uh, and especially in this one, I feel. No, I, I am. I'm with you. I'm with you 100%. Let's go. Let's go through the show. Uh, I, I want to talk about the pre-show stuff first as well, which I don't usually do, but I think it's only fair. When to the pre-show's good. <laughs> well, yeah, they've taken this this Dark Order storyline, which I never actually thought was terrible. I just thought it was a little bit misdirected. But now, I, you know, as long as they get the Exalted one right, and I do believe it will be Matt Hardy, I think oh, it please. just makes all the sense in the world. Yeah. And if they, if they do do that, A, you get this incredible boost because Matt Hardy would be the first guy since we've had dynamite on television to jump across right I mean, john moxley was before tv and so was right, Dusty Rhodes, right. you know in terms of the television product and there does come a certain uh cool factor with that and a certain amount of buzz but also you know with chris statlander and luchasaurus aw has proven they're not afraid to have a bit of fun with characters and again that's going to light up as many people's lives as it as it upsets but the key to all of that is is that you can easily take a character like broken matt hardy and insert him into this into this world he's seen as a star by the fans it will oh, give yeah. the dark order a certain look it may not be matt hardy i'm just speculating obviously but it will give they the, want the dark you to think it's matt hardy yeah and i think there's a reason i think he <laughs> wants you to think that too yeah but i just think you have to look at it and okay once again like the nightmare collective wasn't working draw a line we don't have many plans dark order we think we have something here what do we need to do to get the fans to bite and it was nice and simple well, let's give them a leader but let's not tell anybody who the leader is and if Simon, a massive it's like you're in my comes in. head reading my notes <laughs> here because well, long-term stories and rewarding viewers for investment are like the things that aew is shining at the most in my yeah. opinion and like that stuff's important for conversion rate like you can have all the viewers in the world and if nobody buys tickets and nobody buys pay-per-views and nobody buys merch, you're still in trouble. Yep. But if you have the reason 
built into the episode that people need to come back and watch the next episode. And you build that emotional investment and you have that long-term storytelling. I feel like they're going to do pretty well. And they have good judgment. And they don't have that ego where they can't admit when they get something wrong. And that's the contrast between the Dark Order and the Nightmare Collective. The Dark Order, they knew they had something. It landed a little flat at the beginning, but they rehabbed it. They workshopped it and they did these brilliant video packages with like Evil Uno speaking out of the hotel room TV to the jobbers. Uh, <laughs> and, and like they made it so much creepier than it was and more surreal and interesting. Uh, and so they stuck with it. Whereas with the nightmare collective that sucked out loud and Brandy straight up said, this wasn't working. So we stopped doing it because we weren't having fun doing it. Mm. And like the argument could be made that that makes things a little bit awkward for Mel and Luther, but like that is clearly a small price to pay to free up TV time for stuff. That's better. Uh, and, 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 show the fans like we're not going to do this thing where when you don't like something and we don't like it either we're just gonna like grimly set our teeth and trudge forward for years through something that nobody likes well that's Uh, so important right the one thing that wwe certainly has lost their way on and I, I, you know, I do think they've been better at it recently. Is this idea of listening to the fans? So you know, it's, it's such a boring thing to talk about because it's it's been said so much. But if you are used to that, and like you are an old school wrestling fan, and then all of a sudden, old school, you've been watching WWE for a while, but then all of a sudden you see these people that go, oh no, actually we will, uh, you know, we, we we will listen to to you when you make a thing, and also, you know, you can't always just cancel a narrative. You know, they got away with it with the Nightmare right, Collective because right. it was the first one. But in future, you'd have to be smarter with it. But that's why I think the Dark Order has become has become so cool because well, it, it's they crucial. have stuck with it. It's crucial that they have the judgment, too, because if you just always listen to the fans, you'll be like throwing everything out because people are going to bitch about everything on the and Internet. And also, the fans aren't always right. I know that's Correct. a terrible thing for me no, to it, say, but, but they're but not true. always right. I, I yeah. think that... I think that a promotion that never listened to the fans would be just as frustrating, if not more frustrating to watch than one that never listens to the fans. And that's why I'm impressed with AEW's judgment. They like, they could tell the difference between something that was worth sticking with and something that wasn't. Mm -hmm. Uh, And another great example is Britt Baker. My Lord. Right. I'm going to, do you know what? I'm going to say this about Britt Baker. I got really annoyed, right? Genuinely not really annoyed, like joke annoyed. After that first promo she cut on the boat, on Jericho's boat, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I had ups and downs. I came out and said, this is it. This is brilliant. She's going to nail this. And I was absolutely destroyed <laughs> by that, people going, That blows you my know mind. I'm, no, I'm right, I'm right there with you, man. Like, yeah, but there were also when she people, first came out as a baby face, I was like, there's something weird about this. Yes, exactly. She feels like a heel. And I maybe I'm not articulate enough to say exactly how she feels like a heel, but she just does. And... The moment they let her cut a heel promo, I was like, this is it. This is yeah. it right here. Somehow they have another heel who has the potential to get up to like MJF Chris Jericho levels if they let yeah. her keep going on this road. And like not only did she start doing these amazing <laughs> these interviews where she just buries Tony Schiavone, uh, sh- her in-ring style has changed. Like she has become 
very good at what I would call horrible bastard wrestling. <laughs> like apologizing effusively to the ref while behind her, she's stepping on her opponent's throat in the corner. Yeah, and stuff is so good. It is so good. But yeah, there were even sort of notable wrestling journalist figures I will go with who ragged on her so much for that opening promo that a week later said, oh, it's brilliant. I knew she was going to do well. And I was like, I won't say anything because I'm not that guy. But <laughs> I guess we're the you, visionaries. Well, and not even that. I just liked it. It's as simple as that. I liked yeah, it. Yeah, it was and I very think enjoyable. It, and I totally understand people go, oh, she's green. She, I, I can't stand that argument. Oh, she's green. Yeah, but you know how you don't get green? You give somebody experience. Right. It's like, it's like when somebody wins a title where they weren't ready for that. Yeah, nobody is ready for the world title when they first win it. you got to give it to them and see what <laughs> yeah. they do. Yeah, it's, it's, the whole new, point. it's a new promotion. <laughs> yeah, it's the whole point. You don't know. You don't know until you give it to them. You have to let people sink or swim. Uh, but no, yeah, I love I love everything like that. And Britt Baker, to me, honestly, I watched that Revolution pay-per-view and someone said, you know, Simon, give me a really uh, uh, sort of petty, you know, criticism. I said, I could have had Britt Baker on that. Kind of missed her present. She makes yeah. me laugh. Yeah, Cracks I mean, me and, and it's, it's a good choice, too, because this character doesn't have to be like constant five-star match best bout machine in the ring, right? Yeah. Like, you can just be an asshole on the mic and you can cheat <laughs> and be lazy and try to manipulate the ref and be a giant coward. It's all fine. Like it all works for the character. Uh, it's, it's actually given that she's got those mic skills and those promo skills. I think it's a great way uh, to showcase her uh, as she gets better and better in the ring. Right. Like, I totally agree. I, I, I'm, I'm with you. I'm like with the you. Miz with you doesn't have to be as good as Ricochet. As <laughs> You know, as as like in terms of spots or whatever, yeah. it's the same. No, it's the same principle, I think. It, it is the same thing. It's like there is a role for everybody. You just need to find out what that role is, and then and and then take it from there. Uh, I will say, I, I, you know, I said it on ups and downs. I'll say it again here. I thought the the one sort of misstep with the whole show was opening with Jake Hagar versus Dustin Rhodes. You know, it's I, I just it, look. I don't mind things feeling like a WWE match. I like WWE. But it lacked, you know, if you had put Sammy Guevara versus Darby Allen in that match, I think you just would have. But it was it was the quietest I've heard an AEW pay per view yeah. crowd ever, ever. Well, and the Darby Sammy match felt like a natural opening match, didn't it? Yeah, it did. Yeah, it was so with the fast. pace that they went at. And I think you then could have used Jake Hagar and Dustin Rose to calm everybody down a little bit. Uh, not that you can't just build, 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 build. But I honestly, I watched that match and I was like, I didn't not enjoy it, but it didn't. Again, I usually get so excited when I'm watching certain things. I didn't get it. I didn't get it from this. When I was done, I was like, oh. And I had this horrible feeling in my stomach. I was like, oh, no. What if my, I've raised my expectations too high? By the mm. end of the pay-per-view, I didn't yeah, feel don't like that you, at all. Don't think that feeling will stick around. But, yeah, I sort of agree. I don't know. I This is very petty, but I was hoping for some sort of ridiculous, extremely violent, slam-based power move from Hager yeah, as his yeah. finisher. Rather, I get that it's an MMA thing or whatever, but, like, I don't know. I think it would have been more exciting uh, to have some sort of, like, uh, I don't know, like, just steal Lars Sullivan's finisher, right? He's not using it, but... Well, no, maybe never again, too. I mean. <laughs> uh, yeah, but <laughs> we'll just leave that there, but... Uh, but it, it was okay. I really think that the beat with Dustin, like, forcing a kiss on this lady was, like, oh, creepy and confusing. I didn't like it. No, I didn't like, like it again. Is, this is the good guy. Why are we doing, like, 
you know, maybe if this is like the, you know, the awful heel doing this and, and gets comeuppance for it or something, but this was the good guy and we're supposed to what, think it's funny or cheer it or like, I, I didn't understand how I was intended to react to it. All I knew, I was like, eh, I don't like that. No, I, I was the same as you. And as always, you can't say things like that. <laughs> you say that you're a social justice warrior. It's like, well, not really. Oh, bring it I just on. I, like... ju- I just don't want to watch a man forcefully push himself on a woman. I just don't. Yeah, well, and I mean, I especially I... in the context of like, this is our heroic character. It's like, it's just dissonant. It's not, it's confusing to watch. Yeah, no, I, I'm I, exactly that. Exactly that. I just don't. I just didn't need it. I just didn't need it. And I know that yeah. it's a sort of a cheap spot and it did get some kind of a reaction. But even then, it's like, okay, I, didn't, I still didn't need it. That's just my personal thing. I don't... Anyway, but yeah. I, again, I think we shouldn't have opened the show a little poorly thought out. I've I, I got no issue with this. I say this all the time. You don't have to like every single um, story they're doing on sure. AEW. Well, just the story don't. was it's, honestly fine. Yeah, uh, but you don't, like, you don't have to. He needs his revenge. He doesn't get his revenge because we're putting over a new inner circle yeah, guy. But you don't have to enjoy every single thing that a, a, a promotion is putting out there. And if this is one of the things we go, eh, not necessarily for me. Okay, cool. Not a problem. Absolutely what was fine. not enough to ruin the pay-per-view by any stretch of the imagination. That's it. It was an okay opening match. And I realized, well, by the end of it, you know what? Not massively invested in this. And that's that. Not a problem. Not a problem. Then, of course, you move on to Sammy Guevara versus Darby Allen. I mean, My we, God. I mean, just great. Just great. Watch Stupid these young the men top. almost die every 10 seconds for, for, for a handful of minutes. <laughs> well, yeah. And again, if, like, if that's not your thing, that's fine. But at this stage, I think you should understand what AEW is and what they're going to try and... Uh, you know, you know, give to you. I just, I th- it made me laugh out loud because I thought it was so insane. <laughs> that's six thirty through the table from uh, from the top. I don't understand how he's still walking. I don't understand professional wrestling. Sometimes I'm like, how how is it even possible that you're able to walk away from that? It's crazy. The landing was so precise. Like they just were like, yeah, we'll just do it. We're not even gonna I, like take any time. We're just gonna jump up there and do it. Yeah, it was genuinely, he couldn't have executed it any better if he had tried, you know? Was, oh, man, yeah, just, uh, abs- uh, just honestly, a brilliant match. Honestly, I, I am guilty of having underestimated Sammy Guevara just as a in-ring worker. Yeah, but I think uh, And this, point, was a, right? this match was a wake-up call. I was like, wow, this guy's amazing. <laughs> yeah, but I, I think that's the idea when you first get introduced to somebody, right? It's the, it's, 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 it's the promotion's job to get you to whatever point you need to get to, which in this case is Darby Allen is this and Sammy Guevara is that. And now going forward, you know what kind of level of expectation to give them. Does that make sense? Do you oh, know yeah. what I mean? Like you, 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 can't exp- you can't just believe, if, you know, if somebody, you know, if I walk out on, you know, make up a promotion tomorrow, you can't just go, oh, this guy's really good. But you have to show, you have to prove that he's really yeah. good. You know, I need, I need evidence. And that's what this match did, which is why it was completely irrelevant who won and lost. I, like, I don't care. Yeah, I'm this, just amazed this by what these two people did. Anybody no. at all. Uh, which, which is nice. Also, fun fact, this was the only match that I missed in my predictions. Really? Got, so you pretty much got, wow, dude, that's, that's, that's not bad at all. Uh, and I'm glad I, I was that. wrong, actually, because here's the thing, right? They let Sammy do some insane stuff. And he didn't get hurt by this loss at all. However, they're striking while the iron is hot with Darby Allen. They're letting yeah. him rack up wins. Big things in that guy's future, no doubt. Like, he is one of the big organic success stories of AEW so far. Oh, massively. The pops absolutely. that he's getting are absolutely nuts. Even just on weekly TV. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and and there's there's no reason why... 
he can't. I mean, maybe not when John Moxley is the champion, but there's no reason why towards the end of the year, maybe early next, he can't be put into that main event picture. Like, it's as long as your audience believes in it, then that's half the battle. And at the moment, I don't see. I don't know. We'll, we will see. But again, like you said, this was uh, uh, just an an, an, ex, uh, sorry, an exhibition to get both these guys on the right path. And it did that. I mean, like, it absolutely did what that. What would it be like if you watched a, a wrestling match at 1.5x speed? Let's see. <laughs> With two guys that don't care if they live or die. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it was crazy. Yeah. Oh, it made me laugh. Uh, and then obviously we had the tag match: Kenny Omega and, and Hangman Page defeating the Young Bucks. This oh is what I want to I want to talk about from earlier. Like, I think sometimes people forget, as an up and downer, <laughs> for a word I just made up. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes you just have to put your critical hat on. Doesn't mean it bothered me. This is one of the best, if not the best, tag matches I've ever seen in my entire life. Yeah. Because not only do you have these four guys who are incredibly good in the ring, their athleticism is unmatched. You can say that some people are as good as them. But if you want to tell me they're the best at certain things, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna have that debate with you. And it wasn't just that, it was the fact it had storytelling, it had depth, it had characterization, there was personality. You know, you had heels and faces, but you were mm-hmm. also, you know, they were AEW was mature enough to allow you to decide who you liked and who you didn't like, depending on people's actions. Uh, you know, because you know, the young bucks did kind of go a bit bad guy oh, at one yeah. point. No, but they the, had justification. The emotional was- aspect of this match and everything leading up to it is so good because it's a family feud story. It's based on a group of people who genuinely like love and respect each other and things getting uncomfortable in that environment. The face heel dynamic is deliberately murky. I think. Oh yeah. Uh, 100%. It's, it's obvious that Paige is super unstable uh, emotionally in this situation, but you've got the young bucks acting really entitled and patronizing and, and obnoxious as well. Um, and it feels like a real argument between friends or argument between uh, relatives where no one in the situation is perfect uh, and the initial things that happen are not really bad enough to truly justify a feud, but everyone feels a little more affronted by something than probably they should and it just goes back and forth and it escalates and it gets out of control. And it's emotionally complicated like and they were they were confident that there's still more story to tell on on this so they didn't conclude it in a final way and like when this thing finally fully pops off it's going to be absolutely insane <laughs> yes it is and which direction do they go because you, know, you had that tease at the end where it looked like hangman was going to nail omega <sighs> but if he did that would it turn him? Would the fans be behind Hangman and so on and so forth? Like there is, there's so many, there's so many ways you can go. But yes, to address what everybody decided to yell at me about yesterday, um, you know, the one tiny little criticism I had is when Hangman powerbombed. I think it was Nick Jackson through that table with the referee just watching. Yeah. And I, I, it, it, here's the thing, right? It wasn't based on just that one match. It was based on numerous things that AEW do. Now, I'll admit this. As a wrestling fan, do I care about that? No. <laughs> do I, care? I couldn't care less. I don't care if you want to get a gun and shoot someone in the middle of the ring. As long as it makes me laugh and I enjoy it, I don't care. But I, what the reason I mentioned it in my, in my review is because, and, and why I'm mentioning it now, is because my brain went, 
well, that was dumb. That's what my brain did when I saw yeah. it. And then you get all these crazy justifications. Like, well, it's no different to throwing somebody into the steel stairs. And that's when I get annoyed. Like, no, 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 no. You can't get on WWE's ass for all these things that they do and then just accept bizarre WWE stuff that they've also put in your brain. That should be a disqualification. That is the whole point. But it doesn't matter at the same time. It's yeah. irrelevant. I'm going to expose some ignorance here. Like, throwing someone through a table that that is supposed to be illegal in AEW because i feel like i've seen it in quite a few matches uh yeah like well that that was the other thing as well we just seen sammy guevara do that incredible spot through the table i didn't need any more table action yeah, i wanted to hold that's, on that's true from like a pacing standpoint i yeah, suppose and i'm being and don't get me wrong i'm being massively nitpicking i don't care i couldn't one, get two one leaf was out of place in this delicious salad but yeah also i never would have brought this up again if it wasn't for the fact that at least 200 people decided to call me an <laughs> asshole yesterday so i was like all right well i'm gonna respond to you then aren't i but no this was it, it, it doesn't matter this was this was an incredible this was what I want, and this is another reason why AEW has backed up a lot of the things that they said they were going to do. This is what I want for my wrestling tag team division. I want stories, and I want tag team action, and I want it to feel different from singles wrestling. And that's what they did. Yeah, and absolutely. The fact, and the fact that it ends with Hangman Page once again saving his team after essentially being told he's the weak link. It was perfect. I don't yeah, care. Yeah, he's Come the one me. who won the belts, and he's yep. the one who kept them for It's the perfect. Team. Yeah, it's it was so perfect. good. Uh I tell you what, let's like let's just appreciate Kenny Omega for a second here. Uh, he did that Iron Man match with Pac, which was amazing. It was like practically a Tokyo Dome match, just on TV. And then three days later, it's this match. Yeah, which he's, is he's... one of the two best tag team matches I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. And the only difference between this one and the other best one I ever saw was that Hangman Page just swapped out for Kota Ibushi. Yeah, exactly, which is not a bad so trade. When, because... when you've got three of the same people in two of the best tag team matches in the last several years, like it's almost like the elite are good or something. Well, who knows, right? That's why I don't understand this whole, oh, Kenny Omega's not the same. Nah, man, he's just focusing his... You know, focusing his his eyes elsewhere for now. Like you don't, talent doesn't just vanish overnight. No, well, and plus, isn't he wrestling in AAA and also doing a bunch of booking for the women's division? And like, well, that's 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 the main thing. I just think he wants to. He knows he's a great wrestler. He's done that. He's proven that. So I think this is more of a why don't I try and you know get involved in in all aspects of the business? And right. I, 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 you know, there'll be a time when he's in the main event and blowing your mind again. But let it come. Let it come. Like there's no rush. We've got hopefully yeah. years and years of this stuff. But no, I mean genius. Where they go now, I don't know. I guess you could even if it was a clean finish, you could probably argue you could get a rematch out of this as long as you come up with a with a good narrative spin. But yeah, just great. Just great. And and. I have to call out one moment in this match that, like, honestly, besides maybe the tease at the end, we're like, oh, God, what is Hangman going to do? That was my favorite bit. Uh, my favorite bit. The other while. thing that was, like, my favorite in this match is when the freaking Young Bucks, they don't just do the golden trigger. No, no, no. They call the name of the move <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and do a golden trigger on Kenny, and it just makes him so mad. Like, they done fucked up. <laughs> he kicks out at like 0.05 <laughs> and just starts punching the mat i know so good right just and like, like it, okay don't play with my fucking emotions like this aw is like this is probably not saying that they're gonna get a good working relationship with new japan and like ibushi is gonna come wrestle in aw but like that's what my heart wants to think 
would I see that? You know what I yeah, mean? But that's fun same thing with that uh, video game intro that Kenny did like around Halloween, where they deliberately, like they had a silhouette of Ibushi and talked yeah, about yeah, him yeah. obliquely on the Tron. I was like, oh my god. <laughs> no totally man I mean, stuff like that again i'm stealing this from the wrestling observer but they nailed it you know the, the cool thing about AEW is if you're happy to spend a lot of your time watching their stuff they'll reward you and yeah. even if even if you don't they'll still find ways to reward you so you can be a casual fan you can be a hardcore fan and there is somewhat of a payoff very much i'm not comparing this it's just how i always felt about something like seinfeld you know, a lot of people started watching Seinfeld sort of halfway through their run. But if you'd been watching since season one, you felt more, uh, just more in with the product because they deliberately did that and they used to call back things all the time. Oh, yeah. And long-term know, storytelling. Yeah, well, long-term. It's a hell exactly. of a drug. Um, and it, it, it was, just, you know, I, I can't, mm, I don't like saying this. I didn't feel sorry for Nyla Rose and Chris Tatlander. But I, I think I felt, well, we felt a little, my heart would have gone out to anybody who had to follow oh, you know, God. one of the yeah, best this is actually aside from like the weird kiss spot uh in the dustin match i think the placement of this match was my other perhaps kind of down for for the pay-per-view actually well, because what else what else could you do right this probably I, would have been a good time for jake hagar and dustin Rhodes. yeah i i agree because something has to go out there and kind of die uh because the crowd's rung out that was like one of the best matches in years uh something has to happen and like putting your I do feel like sometimes AEW kind of pays short shrift to its women's division. and I'm, But we do have some reason to give them benefit of the doubt because things have been improving a lot uh, pretty quickly uh, in, in that division, in my opinion. I mean, like you had that four-way the other day with, what, Sheeta, Big Swole, Yuka, and Shanna. Yeah. And, like, the fact that you didn't have your champion or your number one contender in there. And you had all four of those people. Uh, like that is a better state for the women's division than we had been at for a long time. Uh, so I, I feel like we've, they've earned some benefit of the doubt in terms of like how they've developed other things. So hopefully they're going to show some love to the women's division in that way. But ugh, having that match have to come on right after that was pretty rough. Also, uh, Chris was wrestling sick apparently. Yeah, that, I mean, yeah, that's apparently why they didn't do is, much on, is on the Dynamite rumor. too. So, uh, and also, I didn't I, think this I have was trouble bad. Editing podcasts when I'm sick, so I like am very impressed that she could go out there and do any of that stuff. No, I mean, I, it's just you know, I've I had uh, I had food poisoning uh, a week or so ago, and I remember a friend of mine said like some of that time wrestlers you know wrestle with that, and I don't know how the hell they do that. Like, I could barely get out of bed and to think you know you'd be able to go in a ring and. And even perform to any kind of level is incredible. Again, I didn't think this was that bad. I really, really didn't. I think you know it was affected by the fans because they were tired, mm. and you know from what they had just seen, I thought it was fine. I thought honestly, I thought it was fine. Apart from that superplex spot, which scared the absolute crap out of me, oh. they kind of fell on top of each other. My God! But look, mis mistakes happen, right? Yeah. I, don't, I don't put any blame on them. It's just look, there were there was stuff in that tag team match, and I was like, oh gosh, <laughs> it's like, I thought this person's gonna die. However, it was it was it was pretty scary. It did make me sort of curl up in a ball oh but yeah I, I don't have much to say about it i think the right person won and it's fine it was just fine yeah, you know, yeah I, I think i think statlander still looks strong she's somebody who maybe after nyla cycles through a few more challengers she might be able to come back um maybe she's the one to take it maybe she's not um but i think that you know nyla remains credible she's building her credibility uh and, and what more can you ask for right she went out and cut that promo about how like power that's what i'm about i'm about unbridled power no, nobody can nobody can mess with me 
no one's ever going to take the belt off me. And so she needs to just be stronger than everyone else uh, for a while. And that's what they're doing. Yeah, that's it. That's it. You know, it's... Uh... Uh, so many people got mad at it. I was fine with it. Oddly, so many people. Not so many people. Some people got mad at MJF des- uh, against Cody too. Don't really know what they were expecting with this. You know, to me, when it comes to old, and it's the point too. When it comes to old school narrative storytelling, mm. Cody is the best. Now, I know yeah. why there was negativity here because Cody got a tattoo on his neck. Oh, I don't care. <laughs> oh, I don't care. So the, the the one the one that really got me is all these people going. I thought he wanted to move into acting. So is his life. Who gives a shit? Like, yeah, no care. I don't care. Also, I don't care like what you know, Cody does. I'll, I'll agree. I think. My subjective opinion is that it's a pretty bad tattoo, or at least at least a bad well, tattoo right. placement. Yeah, you can say that, yeah. But I did not notice at any point in the match that it affected his wrestling. <laughs> no, no. Honestly, man, like I just I couldn't Yeah, look, would I have a tattoo there? No. Do I would I care if he had got this on his actual face? No. Because <laughs> I'm not Cody Rhodes. I don't know Cody Rhodes. And I just respect him for his wrestling acumen. And that's as far as our relationship yeah. goes. He can do whatever the hell he wants. I mean, sometimes, I don't want to get on my high horse here, but sometimes you know, the wrestling community that preaches, oh, we should do this, we should do that, is the quickest to turn and be like, look at this fucking Noron. So what are you doing? Who cares? It was a really good match. Yep, MJF won in the right way. Um, you know, we got again. There's always subplots. I love AEW because there's subplots. What's going on with Arn Anderson? Like, you know, he got kicked yep. in the face by Cody. Is there going to be fallout there? What's going to go down with Wardlow? You know, are we going to build this to a crazy stipulation match? And yet, you know, once more, when I see Cody whipping MJF with a weight belt, my brain does go, "Well, this doesn't make sense," but I don't care. But I will mention it because I think it's yeah, important. I I think at least they had the interaction with the ref exactly where it was yes, very clear yeah. that cody was making an emotional appeal like look you hate this little bastard almost as much as i do just let me have this yeah. and the ref's like you know what go for it, it that, that's this fine, guy right? sucks but that's fine like people referees do that in real sports quote unquote right i've seen football referees see a bad tackle and just sort of whisper to someone right don't do that again ha ha he he you know, so yeah, I, I don't mind that so much, especially when it ties into the into the narrative more. But yeah, I thought this was great, and I think MJF winning the way he did, uh, and the bleeding, and the hugging, and the crying, and the sheer cowardness. Oh, I just oh loved yeah, it. I love. Oh, it. and his like resolute uh, refusal to actually start the match legitimately at the beginning, yeah, yeah, just yeah, yeah. Ju- yeah, like yeah. he has a obviously he's a good heel. Like, oh yeah, here's some real insights. It's worth listening to the podcast for. MJF's a good heel. Uh, but just he could really tell how much he could wind the crowd up before they got bored of it and just did the perfect amount. Yeah. yeah, no, I, Pretty I, much um... always does. You know what it is? I think I think the build to this match might be like the best build to a match that I've ever seen. And like no nice. match could deliver on, on that build without you kind of very seriously considering your expectations and i think that may be what some people are are struggling with i do but i you know we need now i don't you can't do a cage match because we've seen that but maybe a i don't know something no dq or whatever you know we need a stipulation that's now where cody can absolutely maul him oh yeah Um, yeah uh, I, i will say that actually i will say i thought this would start again you've kind of pointed out that it didn't start this way because of mjf but I thought Cody could have sort of beaten him up a bit more. I thought he wrestled him a bit too much at first. Again, I'm being super picky. There was just a moment where I was like, just kill him, man. Fucking like an <laughs> asshole. Well, but, but part it, of that is that it's not over. It, it, and there you go, right? You've got you've to pace yourself and, and we'll get there. And that's uh, great. This MJF story, 
is almost as long as like AEW has been. <laughs> I know, right? Because we, right were, we were teasing the heel turn for MJF kind of like right at the beginning almost. We we got into it as quickly as possible. Ooh, is he going to turn heel? Why is Cody friends with this guy who's such an asshole? Surely this can't be good. And and here we are in the year of our Lord 2020 going into March and it's not over. And it's no. it's really like, but it's not long in the tooth either. No, Again, it's that, they... it's that judgment that I'm talking about. Like they can tell if a story needs to end or has more to give, I think. Yeah. No, I, I agree. And I think I remember at the time everyone was like, oh, it's too soon. It's too soon. Yeah, you know, sometimes giving fans what they expect and want is exactly what you should do. And I think there have been times in the past where other promotions have deliberately not done that because rumors and speculation gets out there and it kind of uh, inflicts your, your product negatively. So, yeah. It's a pretty I, good I, I, uh, transition you just uh, did into the title match there, actually. Exactly. 100%. I mean, <laughs> we'll, we'll talk about Pac and Orange Cassidy first. I mean, there's not even that yeah. much to say. Uh, in, in I my, mean, it's, as far as I'm concerned, just excellent booking from top to yeah, bottom. I mean, it really was uh, just the utter disdain. It wasn't that Pac was, like, mesmerized by the slow kicks and stuff. He was like, oh, this? This you're doing here? This is what people like? This is so fucking stupid. Like, he's yeah, just, so, so, just kill he's you. so surly and grumpy. Uh, and and then, you know, he's suitably taken aback when Orange Cassidy, like, all of a sudden is shot out of a gun. Yeah, uh, and that's the cool thing, right? It's just, you gave, again, you gave the fans what you wanted, if anyone has been down on Orange Cassidy, I, I don't see how you... You could say you don't like him, but I don't know how you can criticize his character when you're getting reactions like that. And then people go, oh, well, it's an AEW crowd. He works for AEW, yeah. <laughs> like, like, I know. mean, who gets better reactions and bigger reactions than him? Like, who sells more merchandise? He once, sells the most merch. Once, does he really sell the most? Well, he's up there top two, apparently. Top oh three, yeah. God. Because, I mean, it's basically... What? Cody hangman and cassidy I would probably so. getting the biggest I would, yeah. reactions I moxley so. and kenny omega and jericho are really up there too but i think I th- those I th- three th- might be kind of like the top guys in terms of like just how crazy I think Mox- people i think moxley may be up there as well i i think he's kind of pushing into that like again his reaction in that main event was although to be yeah. fair you are right it, it just starts slow actually to be fair but again i think the crowd was tired but i would yeah, put yeah. him up in the, uh, the upper echelon but no i just i loved all of this pack was the perfect opponent you know no sold but also sold this stuff yeah, orange cassidy proves he can go once again long-term storytelling just paying this off slowly but surely and it was look, the thing that i always say is out of every, do I need story and narrative and all of this? Yes, nuance. But just be fun. Just be fun. And if you're fun, I can sit there and be like, I had a good time. And I had a really good time watching this. And that's oh, yeah. all that matters. It was, it was so, it was a nice palate cleanser. It was, it was a nice change of pace. I laughed my ass off. Yeah. And you need that. You need that kind of a stuff. And, you know, I don't know what we do with Orange Cassidy now. But that's not my job to know. And that's well, kind at of least exciting. they had a little restraint in not having him win. Yeah, uh, true. He probably true, true, shouldn't true. be beating Pack right now, or anyone really be beating Pack for a while. I actually uh, see him as a pretty strong potential person to go into a program with Moxley. Actually, I think it's but, got. I think it's got to be. I think you got to somehow have another match with Kenny. How you do that, I don't know. 
but then he's got to beat Kenny and go on. To, to, that's what I want. I, I, that's, that's kind of crap booking by me, but I need I need him to get his win back. I know it sounds like a WWE, but I do. I need him to get his win back against Omega to sort of justify him in that position. And then I want to see Moxie versus Pac. I just think yeah, that makes all the I, sense I, in the I, world. I agree, because he, he seems like imminently the heel at the in-ring level to, to go up there and, and try to take him on. Yeah. Um, and obviously MJF is busy. Uh, and if, even if they do a hangman heel turn, they got to wait a while because there's no reason to rush the story that's working so well for everyone with all of its ambiguities. Problem with uh, trying to turn hangman heel is I don't think you can do it. <sighs> I don't either. I don't they do they have to keep it. it. At very most, they have to keep it gray. And, and and as cliche as it is to compare anyone to Stone Cold Steve Austin these days, like that's about as far as you can go, I think. Mm, I, I, I think you'll really struggle. I think you do a better job of turning the bucks heel. I know that sounds crazy. I mean that. I really, really, really no, I, I actually agree. Well, th- listen to the crowd. Yeah. They no, didn't They didn't like... <laughs> <laughs> they did. also the golden trigger thing that was a that was a fucking heel move <laughs> like, well, yeah it was it was i think they oh who knows you don't who just knows? bring up somebody's ex like that man <laughs> like, it was crazy oh it was go good and then yeah main event look cody, um, cody rhodes john moxley versus chris jericho <sighs> it's just you know, let's just focus on the win like because you know you mentioned it ages ago so many people thought it's it's not the time and we can probably hold off john moxley winning for a little bit and yeah i would agree with that but also he was just so hot i know he was i hate that phrase but it's true he was so popular and people loved him so much i think it was better just to pull the trigger and go there you go yeah. you wanted it now you've got it it doesn't hurt Craig jericho jericho has you know he's risen above that kind of thing where wins oh, and yeah. losses affect him <laughs> Uh, having a, a babyface champion that people love is never a bad thing. You just mentioned Stone Cold Steve Austin kind of worked well. And also, you know, I don't, I'm not saying that uh, AEW should look to places like WCW and WWE, although it's smart to kind of take a few examples away. But Stone Cold Steve Austin would often win the belt and lose it quite quickly to get yeah. back into the chase. And you can do that here as well. John Moxie has the people behind him. So as long as you book the story sure, to make sure. sense... It's all good, right? It's well, all the, good. The it conventional wisdom is that you do shorter babyface reigns and longer heel yeah, reigns. It just course, sort of makes right? sense. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so I, I think you can do that. I was really pleased, actually, by the by the title changing hands because it's like if you push this off, if you have him lose, something funny happen, somebody get involved, whatever. I don't think it's a safe bet necessarily that you can recreate this level mm. of the yeah, fans totally. wanting it. And, like, they're at that level where they're just practically, like, dying for him to take this belt off Jericho. Just just do it. <laughs> it exactly, was really right? satisfying. <laughs> yeah, you hit the nail on the head. Just do it. Don't worry about it. Just get it done. You know, that's where we want to go. That's what your fans want. Just give it to them, and they'll be happy. And they were. Like, you know, and it was a great match. It was fun. The whole eye patch thing was funny. You know, the inner circle got involved, but John Moxley was able to hold his own, cut a hilarious promo afterwards, which made fans love him even more. They're all going to walk away with smiles on their faces. And oh, when he, when he cussed ever. out the guy in the production truck, I died. <laughs> well, it's real. That's why. Yeah, Again, it was I'm not, so I'm good. Not, I'm not saying anything new, but it was a real, genuine reaction. And, and we do sometimes 
uh, not just in WWE. This is not a hit at them. It's been happening in many promotions. We do sometimes lack that. We lack that realness. So when you get it, it certainly it feels exciting. It feels fun. It's like, oh wow, <laughs> you know, that was actually a real person reacting in this crazy yeah. quote unquote fake world of wrestling. Yeah, it was kind of like the uh, little mini press conference things they do in New Japan, like where the where the guys are like completely blown. And just like pouring sweat, yeah, and they're like about yeah. ready to die answering questions. Uh, it was kind of the promo version of that. You could tell he was tired. He had busted his head open. My God, uh, and and he was just tired and elated and happy to win, but hurting and like just in the moment. Like it, it's so much better than like. <sighs> a weird stilted set of lines that a couple of like 23 year old soap opera writers thought were like clever or whatever. Like maybe that's just my personal preference, but it it just, it works way better for me. Yeah. And now I want to see what's going to happen. Now I want to see what's going to happen. Like, you know, do we do we do Chris Jericho Moxie two? You certainly can. I wouldn't be against that. Probably I don't think Moxie. we will though, at least right now, because isn't Jericho doing like a lot of music stuff right now? Well, apparently, he has he's, he's kept Wednesdays free. I mean, who knows? Interesting. How true this is, but that was the rumor is that he doesn't have one uh, one show on a Wednesday, so it may be that he wants to he wants to keep involved. I know over the summer he will vanish for a while, but obviously we've got a few months until then. Right. But right. Look, I, I'm happy with the rematch. I'm happy if we built a pack. I'm happy if Kenny Omega got in there for a while. I know John Maxley called out Cody. I mean, I'm not massively in, up for seeing. I think W. I think AEW could do it, but I, I kind of liken the heel face dynamic in, in terms of their champions right now. So I, I certainly wouldn't. Um, I, 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 I'm not saying that I care if they do face versus face. I'm just happy with face versus heel. Sure, but I think yeah. it's working. But you know, ultimately, when all this pay per view is over again, not only did I have a good time. But what did my brain say to me? Can't wait to watch Dynamite. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. So you've I done mean, it. You've achieved your goal. It's It seems so basic, but the idea that when you have a long-term entertainment form where you have many, many, many episodes and you want to retain your audience and have your audience invest in it, do stories that keep going instead of just vanish randomly. Yeah. No yeah. man, I mean, I mean, I mean oh, dude. I mean, before we before we wrap up, I can't can't get my head around the vanishing elimination chamber matches. I thought I'd gone crazy. I thought I had genuinely gone crazy. But no, we did have an elimination chamber match for the SmackDown men, and we did have a promo with Sheamus telling us that he was going to be in it. That's gone. That is out the door, <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know why. Yeah, the, but... I, yeah, you can't even say here's why. For some no, of this stuff. No, because I don't have an answer. But yeah, the AEW Revolution, like I say, I thought it was excellent. And if they want to kind of turn this into their yearly WrestleMania, then hell yeah, I'm up for... Hey, that's a good start to the year for me. Wrestle Kingdom in January, uh, Revolution in February, and then... Ba- I mean, look, WrestleMania is basically March, right? It happens first week of April. That's yeah. a good start of the year. I'm happy with that. I'm all <laughs> good with it. pretty no, strong. No, yeah. yeah, no problem with that whatsoever. So yeah, thumbs up all around from me. I had a great time watching it. It was absolutely fun. It, it, it blew by... And you know, pound come- for pound, their best one. I think. I think maybe there were some individual moments that might have hit higher on some of their other shows. But I think as a whole, like as as like a start to finish, composed, paced pay per view. I, I don't know if I could really ask for much more than we got. Yeah. No. Totally. I I I totally, I, I I couldn't I couldn't say it better than that is what I shall say. And look, especially if we do get to Wednesday and Matt Hardy comes out of Dynamite. As the, uh... <laughs> but do you know what I mean? It's, it's momentum, isn't it? It's yeah. momentum. And that just that just continues it on so well 
that I, yeah, it just does. Simple as that. Simple as that. So, yeah, that was AEW Revolution. I thought it was great. <laughs> that, that's, that, that's my summary. That's my summary of everything. Uh, I don't think anything else has been going down over the weekend in terms of news. The Matt Hardy stuff has been has been the biggest focus. Um, I guess we see where, where we laid down. I mean, somehow Elimination Chamber is on Sunday. I don't know how that is the case at all. I mean, that's that is nuts. insane. It's just, why do we need it? Just cancel that flipping pay-per-view. so many pay-per-views now. I mean, because it was already a ton. And now they're adding, you know, two more a year with the uh, Saudi yeah. shows. It's like, you don't, there are, there are a couple months a year where you literally have like a pay-per-view every two weeks. Yeah. How do you, well, how, uh, do you, how do you build between, it's just, it's madness. And also as a fan, and this is neither company's fault, you can't worry about them. But as a fan, baffling, not baffling, but crazy that I'm actually going to watch three pay-per-views in the space of 10 days. That's nuts. <laughs> That's, that's, that is nuts. Like, yeah, that uh, is pretty. That that's pretty certifiable. Yeah, yeah. So, dude, I'll 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 finish this by getting a, an answer from you because it's fun to put things on the line. Sure, sure. Does Matt Hardy turn up on Wednesday as the leader? He is, he is out contract now. He can do whatever that, he wants. That was what I was gonna say. Like, is his contract just the beginning of March? Well, the, the if we go with the rumors, which we shall, the rumor is is that he is now officially out of contract. And there is no uh, non-compete because obviously he hasn't been let go. It's just his contract has ended. So, yeah. Does he turn up on Wednesday as the leader of the Exalted One? Uh, as, as the Exalted One, I should say. Uh, I'm going to say uh, yes. I think so. Uh, yeah, I'm with him. I think this is the time to do it if you can. I, and if it's a real thing. Maybe one little tease. And we could say, ah, they're just winding us up. But I feel like Dark Order has basically just all but said it's matt hardy like five times now <laughs> and i think at that point you're really courting people being angry i think they know what they're doing yep I agree. i'm gonna go with you i think i think yes as well uh, and also actually if you, if you are listening to this on monday um raw tonight for some reason has a rematch from super showdown <laughs> which is the Street Profits versus Buddy Murphy and Seth Rollins. I don't know why either, but I saw it and I was like, you've <laughs> okay. got to be flipping kidding me. Like, they, uh, anyway, so yeah, and there's also, oh, there was, there was Riddick Moss is also defending his 24-7 championship for some reason. I thought that was dead. And we're also getting a women's match and now I've forgotten what it is because I'm an idiot, but it doesn't matter. But I threw it out there. I threw it out there. Uh, I don't know, but yeah, yeah, I'm a little more excited about the potential of Matt Hardy showing up. <laughs> oh, man. Absolutely. Oh, that's right. That, yeah. right. I knew there was a reason why it took me aback. So on Raw, on a random episode of Raw, they're doing Shayna Baszler versus Asuka, which is... What? Uh, I know. I know, right? Right. Build to that. Well, I know they've okay. in NXT, but... Honestly, it does make sense, though, because post-call-up, they've never really understood what they had with Asuka. Uh, yeah, that's true. That's true. But I, I saw that. Look, look, I'm fine with it. I love that match. And there's every chance it doesn't happen, right? It's WWE. But you should really keep that in your back pocket, man. That to me is massive. I love both of that. They'll have such a good match as well. But yeah. anyway, there you go. That's raw. I don't control it. I just give you the news. <laughs> uh, Rob, my man, thank you so much for coming on, dude. It was a blast. Thanks so to catch much up. for having me, dude. It was no, great. All good. All good. If you want to come on the podcast, you can. Uh, Patreon.com forward slash Simon Miller 316. I would just appreciate your support anyway. Should also be a link in the description, no matter what podcast app you're listening to this on. But in the meantime, look, enjoy another resting week. We do have another pay per view in but six days. And I will run that down once we've got confirmed matches because WWE loves adding them in as and when. 
But other than that, I will talk to you all very soon.